0: Welcome back. Episode 64 of the Hockey House podcast presented by OptumX Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined alongside by Stephen Glick, Con Fitzgerald, and our executive producer, David Herman, as we bring you all the latest news from the ACHA and CHF offseason. Lots of delays here. There's some technical difficulties the past couple weeks, but we're back. we got a good episode. Fitz is joining us. Fitz, we'll go to you first. I feel like we haven't caught up with you in a long time. I think this is the first time that you've been on since the, the season ended. Uh, how is the offseason treating you so far?
1: Yeah, it's been a while, boys. Uh, It's good to see you guys. Yeah, not the way we wanted things to end, but it's been kind of bittersweet to just sit back and I haven't touched the ice. I haven't touched my equipment for since we lost pretty much. I just put it all in the in the closet and didn't even really want to look at it. I'm probably gonna get things going here uh, next month in June and start ramping up and just training. And people kept asking me like, oh, you know, like we really want you back in Binghamton and all this. And uh, they, they technically had me for two more years. Um, it was like a three year contract. So if I'm in the fed, I'll probably be with them but the Fed is adding some new teams to the league, actually. So they're going to have like expansion drafts and everything's just going to get wild. I don't know if they'll protect my rights or or what's going to happen, but obviously the goal is to to move up to the uh the sp and
2: see where i can i can go from there fitz they're 100 percent protecting you're an absolute legend in the city <laughs> i appreciate that click
0: <laughs> yeah we haven't we haven't been able to address it but like i talked about it, i think maybe twice now but for like two weeks there's all two weeks like everyone in my house in syracuse was just like diehard black bear fans like we were watching all the playoff games on the big tv at the house i mean we went to like two or three crunch games this year in downtown syracuse and like we had way more fun in Binghamton than we ever did at the crunch games I don't know if it was just because like we call it all the time like new map unlocked like Binghamton was a map we had not been to, so we just like had a blast there but I mean we we had such a good time and it was so crazy just like walking through the concourse and seeing people with Fitzgerald jerseys on I I think I stopped and took a picture with everyone I saw wearing your merch which was sick of course like the girl behind us was wearing the IU jersey which was great and I, I immediately texted Herm I was like Herm I I kid you not the girl two rows behind me to the right is wearing an Indiana shirt that says Fitzgerald on the back and he was like you need to get a picture you need to get a picture And I was like oh this is gonna sound really creepy when I go up to this girl and ask if I can get a photo with her but anything for the brand
1: we heard a lot because they used to obviously have the AHL Binghamton Devils in there a lot of people were skeptical at first like oh you know we're going from AHL level hockey down to you know fed level hockey we, we had a lot of you know skeptics at the start and everyone that was you know season ticket holders for the AHL teams they all were saying the same thing like this is so much more fun to watch and it's because we're just less system systems based it's just run and gun lots of fights and a lot of offense so i get why people like it
0: (laughs) yeah i think the game i went to the kid in net for carolina i think he played d2 at post he was wearing purple and orange pads and i think you guys scored three goals on the first four shots of the game and like the place was just rocking five minutes in you hit a guy as the whistle blew and it started at Donnie brook and like we were just going nuts in the crowd. And then at that point, like I'd already posted in the story that we were at the game and I got people DMing me like, is that Fitzy that just started that? And I was like, yeah. And then you got out of that, like without a scratch, basically, because they, they everybody else squared off and you were just at the bottom of the dog pile.
1: Yeah. That guy, when we were at Carolina, he tried fighting me there too. So I think it was just bound to happen with him. But I actually ended up ripping out one of his dreads. I don't know if I told you guys about this. But yeah. Cause like I was falling down and I was all, I was like, I was grabbing on and I guess I was grabbing onto his hair and one of his dreads ripped right out. And I handed it to our equipment manager. He's like, what do you want me to do with this? I'm like, I don't know. What am I supposed to do with it?
0: <laughs> Cause at that point I was like, You guys went up three nothing right away. I was like, all right, like someone's gonna fight. Like that's just how it works in the Fed. Like someone's obviously gonna drop the gloves on Carolina, and then it was you throwing the hit, and then they all just went after you. And I was like, oh this is awesome but yeah like you said like i was asking because i think i explained it but like after the game we went outside the locker room and there's there's legitimately like 60 people outside your locker room waiting for autographs and pictures and i was just like talking with one of the ushers like the security guards and i was like oh like has it been really good so far this year and he was like yeah like we never thought that it was going to be this successful especially in year one and like the people love these guys and then sure enough like you came out of the locker room and people were just cheering and it was it was literally out of slap shot actually like like when the the fan bus and Slapshot, all the diehard fans like that's what it felt like in binghamton
1: to go from you know you got dressed like a seat night every night in the acha at indiana to you got fans screaming your name after the game wanting autographs it was definitely a massive whirlwind for me and super cool well we're glad to have you back i guess
0: we'll, we'll turn it over to glick glick how is the head coach search going
2: Oh, it's been pretty good. We have a decent amount of candidates. We're starting interviews next week, hopefully, when I'll be in Cincinnati. So just be doing virtual interviews and just kind of going from there.
0: Perfect. And then Herm, you've been busy lately doing all sorts of things and your Rangers are are back in the series. How are are things for you?
3: Optimistic look on the series. I'll say that for sure. The Rangers are in a very different place right now than the last time we checked in, which was doom and gloom. The Bruins were not doing well. The Rangers had just come off of a loss with spicy pork and broccoli. Now we're dealing with a, a different series and a different team. Still in the middle of looking for a job, have sent out. A whole bunch of applications. Reworked my resume to make it a little bit more sports focused. So I guess I'll, I'll throw it out there again. If you're, if you've got any connections to a, a pro sports team, whether that's at the the top levels or semi-professional photo social combined role whatever it needs to be hit my line
0: when i was reposting the stuff i was like how do i phrase this in a way where it looks like herm is still with us like i was i wanted to be like like help herm get like help us find herm a new home and then i was like well that makes it look like like herm is done working with us like it was trying to walk that fine line but yeah definitely if your sports team is looking to up their game herm is is the guy to do it i've been such a blessing using his photos and all the work i do for uh, this team here at Syracuse, and I'm sure he will find a, a job. The the question is where, and the question is when. So we're, we're rooting for you.
3: Look, if it needs to be a Gavin Liddell type situation where you you give me room and board, and I get to go 24 seven with you, and then I get to do a gallery at the end of the year, and it's just basically a year on the road with the boys, fuck it, we'll do it. Like I'm cool with that. So. ACHA teams, I'll, I'll go for that too.
0: It worked out for Gavin too, because now he's going to work for the Kansas City Chiefs, which is a pretty big deal. I don't know if any, any football fans in the room, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are pretty good at that. So yeah, that's uh, I'm, I'm settled back in, in in North Conway. Pretty much just chilling for now. I've been catching up on some Syracuse hockey stuff offseason, of course, planning and working with the coaches and getting everything booked for next season and then getting ready for my internship, doing stuff on the side and finding ways to, to post on social media, and we'll kind of get into that in a little bit. But we wanted to update everyone on the situation from Iowa State. Over a week ago, they updated us, and they have kind of formed this... Alumni Association that is going to help out the team. It is the Cyclone Hockey alumni, and they reached out to us basically saying that they are working closely with the team to kind of navigate them through this time um, and appropriately address the information retained by the university on the hazing allegations. We had a lot of people reach out to us about this, and uh, we're wishing Iowa State and the guys there nothing but the best here because it seems like they're in a pretty sticky situation and not much leadership or guidance, so the alumni have, have stepped in here. and I feel like That's kind of the glossing over it, but that's pretty much what we know at this point, right?
3: Yeah, I would say so. The alumni have taken charge in trying to resolve this situation with campus rec. The guys have have been proactive in in kind of defending the, the innocence of the program to a certain extent. It's definitely a developing situation for sure. We can't make any any Concrete, solid judgments in that regard until things are are final. It's been interesting to see the the layers of of politics and how how kind of deep this rabbit hole goes. Yeah,
0: and seeing the alumni step in is just another reason why like the alumni connection at the ACHA is so important. I know at at Cuse like we have a strong connection with our alumni, and I'm sure it's like that at many other schools. But any way that you can get your alumni involved, so that if a situation like this does happen and you need someone to kind of guide the ship like falling back on the alumni is always a really good place so we'll keep everyone updated on that situation talking points to go through we've got some exciting news coming up where this week i guess by the time that this podcast has come out we will have revealed the bracket for the goal of the year tournament. We filtered through the submissions. Uh, I got plenty of DMs, plenty of emails, tweets, quote tweets, responses, and we filtered through them and we've got 20 goals competing for the title of the hockey house goal of the year. We mixed in a variety of goals. We've got skill goals. We've got a couple of Michigans in there. We've got some end to end rushes and then also got some clutch goals. We figured we'd factor in a big goal. Doesn't necessarily have to be a skill one. It could be a big goal in a a game. I mean, one that sticks out to me is the five overtime game that you see co1 that will be in the tournament for sure uh you mary won the national championship in triple overtime that goal is definitely going to be in there you've seen plenty of the goals that we've posted about glick i know you have one in your mind that you think is the, is the clear winner
2: yeah um i was honestly looking through instagram trying to find who specifically scored it but the iup michigan goal i remember when that happened it was a pretty big deal and i posted it pretty recently and i was like yeah that, i feel like that's definitely gonna make it pretty far in the tournament
3: yeah Uh Herm, you want to chime in? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure if it's in the bracket or not, but one from earlier in the season that was an immediate goal of the year candidate was the Weber State goal, that end-to-end one. That was disgusting.
0: I have that as my top choice. I think uh, the Jason Fultz Liberty goal against UNLV is like, that one's gonna be tough to beat just because it's always tough to beat Liberty no matter what you're doing. And I just think like they have the high quality camera footage, so it looks even better. The Will Fobert Weber State goal against Boise State is nuts. It's like something out of a movie where there's like five seconds left and the best player on the team's gotta rush the puck end to end. Like he legitimately beats every guy on the ice, and that was what I had for one of my favorites. Fitzy, what about you?
1: I was gonna go with Fultys, um Liberty versus UNLV. I don't understand. There's like literally no room. He's on his backhand and he finds a way to put it in there after just undressing the defenseman but there's he's like on the goal line and he just sneaks it in there. backhand shed it's pretty nasty
0: yeah i think the craziest part like all the comments on that one were like this is like an nhl goal like that is a goal that you see in like the national league like that is and it's also like a really good like a lot of the comments are like this just goes to show you like the ACHA is like there's real players here. Like this isn't a joke. Like this is legit hockey. Like Jace Rerick is the guy who scored the Michigan goal for IUP. That was against Duquesne. I think that there's a couple of Michigans in the tournament, but that seems to be like the cleanest one. And I think the camera angle on that one is pretty good too, which certainly helps in a tournament like this. But like I said, we'll get that tournament going 20 teams. I mean, we, this, this tournament, this bracket could have been 50 submissions, but just to go through the time and energy, we, we narrowed it down to 20. We think it'll be a pretty good showing and then we'll get it into some other tournaments over the summer, but big news for the boys today. uh, Chicklets gave us a shout out, which was cool. Maybe not the way I envisioned us getting on chicklets with some of the stuff we post, but we posted a video of, it's basically, it's a sequence between Oswego state and Kent state from February of 2020. Um, I I had seen this on TikTok during the pandemic and I just saved it and I've got like kind of this archive growing of stuff to post during the off season and I was leaving the house today. I was like oh I should get we should post something today just to get something out there and like didn't even think anything of it It was like this probably will get like 800 likes like it probably won't even be that good and it's got a thousand likes in the first hour I'm like oh wow like people (laughs) this is nuts and basically it's a Oswego State guy They're coming into the zone and he spears a guy on Kent State and you really can't see it because the camera angle switches in spearing the guy between the legs, his stick breaks. And so he curls in front of the net and a Kent State guy is there to greet him with just a two hand tomahawk to the shin guards and that breaks his stick. And then the cherry on top of the video is a guy from Oswego defenseman comes running in to hit him and he just ducks at the knees and tabletops him. Bizarre sequence. Glick, you're giggling over there. So I want to get your thoughts on this right away.
2: Yeah, I remember the first time seeing it. It just seems like it just kept on escalating, just kept on getting more and more funny the more people came in. I remember seeing like when Spin Chicklets, you post, I was like, wait, this looks familiar. And I saw they gave us credits. I was like, holy shit, that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, and I'll share Herm has thoughts on it too, but like it was it was great getting credited by Chicklets and they just unfortunately didn't give us the tag, which probably would have benefited us a lot. But we'll take the viewership. More people see in the ACHA, but like, like I said, would have liked that to have been maybe a better highlight than like the absolute show show of a clip.
3: We've been doing well with uh, with spotlights from big hockey accounts lately with checklets with bar down. We had that. We had the local rink. Was it that collabed with us? A couple of big accounts that have have caught on.
0: Yeah, I had that in the notes too. Uh bar down reposted our video of Zach Wilson from Arkansas. He was a guy we got to know at Nationals. I guess this leads into one of our talking points, but we posted a video and it's Zach. He scores against he, it's an Arkansas home game and they score against Dallas Baptist and he goes to Sally and he Selly's right into the ref and he actually tries to hug the ref as part of the celebration and then we posted that and everyone got a good kick out of it. Everyone's commenting like, oh, Chip, Chip's the man and Chip XL was the ref featured in the video. Come to find out 24 hours later, we get made aware that on Tuesday evening, Chip was on his way home from dinner when his motorcycle was struck by a car that had run a stoplight. The collision threw Chip from his motorcycle, causing multiple injuries and unfortunately the loss of his lower left leg. Just as unfortunate situation it was it was bizarre because everyone in the comments was talking about like oh this ref is the biggest beauty ever like this ref is the man it sounds like he refs a lot of games in the southeast and maybe up towards the midwest and the in the oklahoma region too and uh, i know there was uco guys letting us know in the dms about the situation arkansas guys some nebraska guys too like everyone in the world knew who chip was and i guess he was a great ref in the, in the acha i believe he also worked some games in the echl too in Tulsa it looked like, but we, be, we made sure to give him a shout out and I want to give an update. Um, they had a goal of raising $60,000. I want to say within 24 hours, they had the go fund me up to 20,000. Um, as we speak right now, it's up to $42,000. So if you'd like to make a donation and help out a guy who has helped out numerous players in the ACHA and uh, chip XL, be sure to go to the link in our bio um, and head to that GoFundMe page. But just bizarre timing of that clip going kind of viral at the same time we were finding out about the incident, and hopefully people were able to see that and get to the link. But wanted to give Chip a shout-out because uh, I'm sure he's putting up a good fight and um, raising a bunch of money, too, because of, of the kind of person he is. So we wish him all the best. Another shout-out we did, we, we collabed with the local rink on this one, but Niagara ACHA, their Division I team, dropped a new alternate uniform, and then they dropped a new home uniform as well. The alternates are black with teal and purple trim to raise awareness for suicide prevention. This is a cause very close to head coach Tom Meridian's heart um, his brother Connor uh, passed away. You know, they're raising awareness for suicide prevention with a black color palette chosen for the jersey. Uh, the color black is known as shadow, a symbolic representation of those we can't see that walk with us everywhere we go. The suicide prevention ribbon is purple and teal. Fortunately, the purple is actually a direct color code match to the Niagara primary primary color, so it works as an alternate jersey. It's going to be a special heartfelt game day presentation. Um, they're actually going to debut these on January 21st in a midnight game against Buffalo, which will be pre- pretty cool. I believe they've gotten permission to sell alcohol. I'm not sure if that's True, but they're working on doing that. Doing some midnight madness. Obviously, it's very big with Liberty, big at Kentucky, but drawing huge crowds at midnight is really good for the ACHA. And against an in-state rival like Buffalo, that'll be really cool and it'll be really good for a good cause. And I think the jerseys are really cool. I think I like the unique. I think purple and teal is an interesting color combo, but they make it work with the jersey. And then I want to your guys' opinion on it, Fitzy. Did you see they got like the teal on one arm and then the purple on the other?
1: Yeah, I was just checking out the whites. A lot of teams. These days do like jerseys, special jerseys for certain things, but you've never seen something like this. It's like, you know, something different that we haven't seen yet. So obviously a great cause for what they're raising awareness for. But I I really like it just because it's you haven't really seen anything like it.
0: And I feel like nowadays, like we're seeing all these like alternate jerseys, reverse retros, like city jerseys. And they're just kind of like random colors for random reasons. Like I think like the purple and the teal go together really well. It's Niagara's purple with the suicide prevention. It says stay on the front that the popular hashtag hashtag stay for suicide prevention awareness so all in all I think it's a good cause good jerseys They're they got black gloves black pants and black helmets for this they're going full liberty they got the black breaking it out for uh, the alternates which is cool and then as we mentioned they got new home jerseys uh, which matched their road jerseys they switched to the purple on the road so now the homes are are white with purple trim opposed to the black which they had in the past those are all the talking points we got we're gonna cut to our interview I guess we'll get you guys thoughts on this because as we're recording now we haven't done the interview uh, with Bo Cornell of Jamestown. He's a Jamestown defenseman, just wrapped up his sophomore season with the Jimmies. Um, He was repping the ACHA in ice wars. If you don't know what ice wars is, it's basically prize fighting on ice. It's like they're on the ice in like octagon shaped boards, uh, the first one took place in Edmonton the other night. I don't think Bo got the win in it, but it was just crazy to see Ice Wars straight out of Goon. I believe AJ Galante of the Danbury Trashers is the mastermind behind all this, but I mean basically straight out of Goon, like they're ice fighting in the octagon. fits. I know you were pretty blown away when you first saw this clip.
1: I, yeah, I mean like we said, it's straight out of Goon, but I don't know how you can like just go out on a consistent basis and just throw knocks. Like I got in two little fights this year and like my head and my hands would even be hurting afterwards so i don't know how these guys do this
0: well did you see they're wearing like they wear like the ufc gloves which i guess makes more sense because it does less damage but kind of like you said like i feel like a lot of fighting in hockey like boils over like a hit and then retaliation or like you're sticking up for your teammate like it's like it takes the team sport aspect out of it but it's still fighting without the hockey i don't know it's bizarre i would love to see like former tough guys kind of go into it i don't know what you think about it herm
3: i think that'll be an interesting angle and ultimately one that winds up happening one of the things that stuck out to me when i was watching the the danbury trashers documentary and aj galanti's Professed love for combining pro wrestling with hockey in the nineties. Monday Night Raw was known as Raw is War, so I'm assuming that's where Ice Wars comes from. Ultimately, he's, he's drawing the inspiration from that, taking the quote-unquote casual fans' most uh enjoyable part of hockey and really just trying to streamline it into its own thing. I know my dad when when I explained it to him in the kitchen before we even got on the air. He was like, "Are you?" kidding me that's what they're doing now he did not appreciate the concept in the slightest i don't know i'm i'm really really curious to see where the whole thing goes if they get like a serious streaming deal with it if they continue to go the pay-per-view route if it continues to pick up steam who who knows this is a if it's a novelty thing it's it's really interesting
2: one thing i would love to see them add and i'm just saying this as a resident goalies we should see some goalie fights next time i think it'd be absolutely hilarious to watch it's like
0: its own weight class, like the goalies. Yeah, I think uh, uh, the other interesting thing is like, I mean, Bo plays in the ACHA where there's like no fighting and you wear cages so like, and he was squaring up with no cage, no visor. It's not very uncommon to see Jamestown guys get into it. We saw it a couple years ago when they got into a fight with Minot, but definitely ask about that. I was checking out his Instagram and. I'll talk about this more in the interview but he's got plenty of his fights available on his Instagram too if you go check out his page so yeah that's all we have for for this week we got a a bunch of guests planned for the summer Uh, we're looking to talk to Louis Shanks pretty soon here before he does his uh, 10 for 10 journey as he rollerblades across the country we are going to turn it over to our interview with Bo Cornell interview is presented by Optimex Sports Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website the best part your first year is free be sure to check them out using the link in our bio and if you're interested interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral link at optumexportscom slash sign up slash Hockey House Pod. Tons of teams are taking advantage of this this summer. Make sure that your team is one of them because, like I said, your first year is free, and they're doing wonderful work for teams across the country in the ACHA and the CHF. So for now, we're going to turn it over to our interview with Bo Cornell. We are pleased to be joined by Jamestown defenseman, Bo Cornell. Bo, welcome to the Hockey House.
4: Hey, how's it going? Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, we're psyched to have you on. It always gets a little crazy in the summer trying to uh, come up with guests, and we try to do our best to plan as as much as we can. Uh, You were making the headlines this week, so we figured we'd have you on and kind of get your thoughts on, on what you've been up to lately. Where are you coming from today?
4: Uh, just back at home in uh, Legale, Alberta, just kind of hanging out with my parents for the summer,
0: working. And so now where, where you are in Alberta, are you a Flames fan or are you an Oilers fan?
4: Uh, I live probably about 30, 40 minutes north of Edmonton, but uh, big time Flames fan.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So you're enjoying the hockey lately.
4: <laughs> the hockey is good, <laughs> but I mean, my team's not winning. so.
0: Yeah, big game for him tonight, though.
4: Oh yeah. I guess it's morning. <laughs> I had to think about it. Yeah. Do or die back <laughs> against the wall. I mean, you could pray and hope, but at least there's going to be a, a Canadian team in the conference final. We got a shot.
0: It's about four o'clock in the morning, Bo's time, <laughs> uh, six o'clock in the morning on the East coast here. So this has to be the earliest we've ever done an interview, but we're doing what we can to grind it out here. Bo kind of walk us through what your, your minor hockey career was like and, and what you, led you to ultimately play in junior hockey. And then what brought you to Jamestown?
4: Oh, my minor hockey, holy never won a thing never a weekend tournament nothing i mean our town was always tough and then eventually got to grow play double a in another bottom of the league team never got to leave instead of playing my last year midget i just tried out for the local junior b team played there and then eventually just one of my friends was in the ki out in Castlegar, so i just followed them down there stuck there for about two and a half years after that i got traded in my 20 year to revelstoke and then covid killed our playoff run so that was about it and then would. Jamestown that was an experience because uh we did a college showcase in the KI my second season there and uh, right after that I talked to a couple coaches but going to Jamestown I mean they had 16 graduating seniors after my 20 season so like just a huge opportunity to come in and get ice time and play as a freshman so that kind of just led me to go there and play for I mean I enjoy playing with Dean Stork great coach so gotta stick with it I mean Guy, guy knows what he's doing. You know, growing up in, in Canada and you know
0: playing juniors and like you said, doing those college showcases. Are you looking at playing college hockey in Canada? Are you looking at some NCAA teams? Like, what is the thought process behind you know going to the ACHA?
4: In all honesty, uh I knew guys down here already. uh I knew the ACHA was a good program, and like if you're playing on a top ten, top fifteen team, you can do pretty well after that. Because I mean, when you get to that national tournament, it is some real really good hockey that should be showcased on a probably a bigger stage I mean we all seen it we've all been there I mean
0: yeah and Jamestown is a team that is in the top 10 almost every year and you guys have, have been to the national tournament a few times too since the team started which is great yeah kind of walk us through your first year you mentioned that your your playoffs were canceled because of COVID and your first year you kind of hop in during the COVID year I think you guys played Minot State like 18 times like kind of walk us through what your freshman year year
4: was like oh freshman year i mean we went down covid year wearing masks just inside for class and stuff i mean everybody did that as for games and stuff whole oh, played waldorf a bunch but playing minot i mean by the end of it i mean you hate playing the team all the time and it just you get sick of it and the bus ride back and forth is just painful we had a bunch of freshmen it was a, we had a tough season against them i don't think we got i think maybe one or two wins against them they like, they just were so experienced i think it was good for our team to play my not a lot though cuz like having a bunch of like freshmen coming in i think 16 or 17 of us that, year that went in when we were able to play at that skill level all the time it helped us prepare for like bigger teams like when we were able to beat liberty on their senior night this year and it just set us up for success coming into the, the sophomore year
0: yeah, and so when you're thinking back to your freshman year kind of a, a welcome to the ACHA moment uh, a moment that you remember that stood out at the beginning to you where you're like wow like this is <laughs> this is the ACHA this is college hockey in North Dakota
4: oh man we are playing minot and uh, i'm just sitting on the point like i'm used to being like one of the biggest guys in the ice i don't get knocked over a lot and you know i just kind of chip it down the wall you know i see the winger coming to finish this hit And so i just kind of stand still waiting to sh- shrug it off and, and it goes walrick from minot absolutely blew me up and i was just like holy shit, that is not a 19 year old kid that guy was just mangled so i get up His puck comes to me again and he did it right again twice in a row and i was like that's it i'm changing screw this so that was like welcome to the acha you know you're not the big strong guy anymore time to hit the gym toughen up that's great
0: because i'm sure like maybe the bottom half of teams in the acha you might not have that problem but especially those those big guys on minot i mean they are a, a very strong team and they they do a lot of damage when they're out there and i can only imagine playing them twice in a season let alone the the amount of times you guys played them that year but kind of walk us through what was it like going into your sophomore season uh everything's pretty much back to normal at this point like you mentioned you guys got to go travel out to liberty Uh, What were some of your favorite memories from this past year?
4: I think just being able to be together all the time, not having to worry about quarantine and stuff. Throughout the year, we had a lot of injuries. We had a lot of different team guys come up, a lot of different personalities that we didn't have the year before. We we started traveling and stuff. It was just a lot of different guys, new memories. But Vegas, Vegas was a good trip, man. We got stuck. I must have lost like at least a month and a half's rent that night. We lost two games and we're just told 6 a.m. bus. If you miss it, get your own flight home and you're cut. We're like, Okay, coach, it was a long, tough night. Some guys ended up walking out with like 800 bucks up in their pocket, 900 bucks. Like, just nobody slept at all. Nobody was like, could barely just stumbling on the bus. It was.
0: Were you guys able to get a win down in Vegas?
4: No, we lost an overtime twice. I think I'm pretty sure we lost an overtime both times.
0: That's a pretty rowdy barn they have there.
4: Oh, man. And it's like playing them there just on a bunch of dicks man just always chirping yapping let's just play hockey man i really don't care like oh yeah chirp me oh yeah what did you do to my mom i really don't care i don't even know who you are just hollow insults play hockey <laughs> just
0: that's their style of play though i mean getting to see them play in nationals like they love getting under other teams skin and especially on home ice at, at city national they really thrive off off that style of play
4: Oh yeah, playing in that rink was pretty surreal too. I mean, like growing up in like a small town, in Canada, seeing the play, like the big logos and the big pregame show, and realize I'm playing into that game it was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, and then on on top of that, like you mentioned, you guys got to go out to Liberty. Like, what was that environment like?
4: Holy, I mean, we go from playing in Jamestown where we get however many students are feeling around. But there's not other events going on. It might be a hundred, you know, it might be two, three hundred, but like five thousand fans, maybe more. Oh, it's loud. You know, you just kind of have to like put horse blinders on. It gets in your it gets into your head sometimes. I mean, it was definitely the first night. It kind of took us probably about a period to kind of get our get a handle on the game and kind of battle through. We didn't win, but then we came in Saturday night and we were all sitting in the room and we just we knew we were gonna win everybody just had a look in their eye like there was you know no passengers on, on the bus that night able to grind it out you know big save by Tyson Brower I mean obviously kept us in a lot of games and then I think uh one of the freshmen scored his first goal and only point of the season for the game winner so it was a pretty cool experience for everybody
0: you mentioned browse uh what is that like having you know his veteran presence in the net you guys met you mentioned that you guys had a pretty young team I mean that guy's got all the experience in the world especially at Jamestown what was it like playing with him
4: I fucking love it love brows. <laughs> Oh, I knew about his name back in the KI. He was a big Kimbo goalie. So coming down, it was uh, good to chat with him and stuff. Ended up staying down last summer. We both were in Jamestown, golfed a bunch with him, hung out a lot, you know, worked out with him and just able to build like a good relationship with the guy and just playing with him this year, it meant so much more as it'd be a real tough goodbye. But I mean, he just signed a pro contract in Sweden. Congrats on him. Moving on up. So leaving Jamestown might be scary for him after six years, you know, see how he goes next year. We'll definitely have to pay attention. Attention to what he's doing.
0: Yeah, we've been joking that uh, they're going to get a statue of him on campus eventually with the amount of games played he has. Oh,
4: there's probably there already, man, by the time we get back. Like, <laughs> they're going to unveil it on opening night. I wouldn't be shocked if they retire his number, probably Richter's number. You know, six years of college, tough to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not many guys do that. And especially the six years that he had, I mean, a lot of guys do the sixth year when, you know, they get hurt or a red shirt or something like that. But no, he played all the way through all six years and huge part of of Jamestown hockey. I mean, kind of walk us through. I don't think a lot of guys listening have, have had the chance to play in Jamestown. Like what's that environment like? You mentioned, you know, some students usually trickle in and I know they do the light show when you guys hit the ice and it's quite the barn up there in Jamestown.
4: I mean, it's uh, definitely a humble barn. You know, we got a nice dressing room. We enjoy it. Playing at the the John L. I like the rink. Big American flag, though. I mean, they don't really support the, the Canadian flag too much there, so it's kind of hurtful looking at our roster. Are there any Americans on the team? Oh, pff, what? Gage Thompson, Aiden Potis, Justin Dumont, Carter Johnson, Alex Church. Okay, so a fair amount. Not Not all Alberta kids. No, but I bet you 90, probably 90% of our team or at least 70% of our team.
0: All right. So we got to get, we got to get working on the, a bigger Canadian flag for you boys.
4: Oh yeah. I wish I don't think it'll ever happen. We, we've mentioned, uh, you know, the rivalry
0: with Minot a couple of times and in, in the barn in Jamestown, but we haven't touched on the outdoor barn in Jamestown that you you've been able to play on. Uh, <laughs> wh- what's that like hockey day in, in North Dakota?
4: That was cool. There were a lot of students came out to watch. It was loud. You know, there's ripping into Minot. Everybody was getting into it. The only downside is it was it was freezing. It was probably like minus 30 Celsius. So I have no idea what that is in Fahrenheit. I'm clueless. I'm sorry, but it's freaking cold. It's cold. I'll tell you that. So water like, <laughs> bottles are frozen before the end of the first. You're just like, OK, that sucks. You know, like I'm putting hand warmers in my gloves. You know, our backup goalie is doing like just has a basically like just full two pairs of sweatpants. You know, a sweatshirt underneath all his gear, shivering his ass off. But the game was really fun. I think it was a really tight game. Two one. I think we we lost, but we battled through. It was a t- I think it was right at the end. The tough part is is like when you're playing, if the puck ever got shot higher than the boards, and it was like it was just dark, so you couldn't see. So just hope to God it didn't hit you in like in a soft spot or something. And so you lose the
0: puck. yeah. Like uh, what happened to Mike's? Mike Smith the other night he lost the puck in in the the sea of the crowd Oh Went top right on him.
4: Anderson absolutely nards from the far blue line. Love to see it. <laughs> Not many right handed defensemen out there. You know he's got to represent.
0: Kind of walk us through because I've, I've seen your Instagram. Like you did fight a decent amount in junior. How did you get involved in in Ice Wars International? What
4: was that process like? Oh my. Ice Wars International. So I kind of heard about it, i you know, seen it on Instagram. But uh, my older brother kept joking, do it, do it. Like, you'll get in, I swear. And I was like, no, all these guys that are fighting, like, this guy's got 400 pro career fights in the LNAH and stuff. And I was like, I, I fought, like, maybe what, 11 times in juniors, I'd say. We're playing juniors, it was, what, five fights a year. You can only fight once a game and you're kicked out. So it's, you know, take your opportunities when you can, make it worth it. But I ended up just like DMing AJ Galante. You know, he just asked, What's your height and weight? And I'm like, Where are you from? And I was like, Yeah, hey, there you go. Do you have any like videos? So I just sent him like the ones on my Instagram. And he's just like, Yeah, holy shit. Well, what are you looking for? And I was like, Well, in all honesty, like maybe somebody gets COVID. I just, I want to sub. I'm honestly just kind of want free tickets in case you need me there. And he's like, Well, you want to fight? And I said, Well, yeah, well, maybe not in that tournament. And like, that's pretty fucked up. Some of those guys are like 300 pounds and, you know, like 400 pro career fights in the LNAH and the East Coast and stuff it's like i don't think i'd be prepared for that so he's like oh no 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 like i'll find you somebody i'll find you somebody i think i was definitely naive going into it because a lot of these guys you know upwards norm i had the least amount of fights at 11 after meeting all the guys and the next guy the next lowest i think at 43 and all of them have fought in this like this season or like recently in the last like six months of hockey at least yeah pretty much all this season and i hadn't fought since my 20 year old year season at junior
0: Wow, that's insane. Because one thing I was looking at, because like I know your freshman year, some a couple guys dropped the gloves against Minot, and I went back and looked at the video and looked at that because I was like, Oh, maybe Bo is one of these guys and and you weren't in that scrap. So I was like, Oh wow, he really has not fought since his junior year. So
4: no, that was my the guy who fought was actually my roommate, Morgan Venn. He was chirping me about it. He was like, I'm tougher than you, I'm tougher than he's like, Yeah, we'll do what I'm doing. he's like, no, nope."
0: nope. <laughs> like well, walk us through the process. Like, was there any training you did? Did you do any boxing or did you go to a gym? Like what was that like getting ready for it? Dude, I did nothing.
4: Like, I did some boxing back in high school and stuff, and that was, uh, and then uh, my 20-year-old season, I'd be boxed once a week as a team, and that was uh, pretty much it. Since I came to Jamestown, I just, consistent workouts, you know, summer training like normal. Nothing for my boxing or anything. You might see me in action again with Ice Wars International, so we'll uh, never know how the summer goes. Might be another one coming up. Who knows? I know nothing official, just rumors amongst the fighters in a group chat. So,
0: now because we were watching it and we were trying to figure out like what the dimensions are is that real ice you're fighting on, or is that synthetic? That's
4: synthetic, it's an octagon, boards, and synthetic ice.
0: Okay. And now, is it was that any did you get to like go out on it before you did the first fight?
4: Uh, once I installed it, I was uh down at the venue, uh, and the promoter was like, Yeah, just grab your skates. And I was like, Hey, went, went up to my hotel room, grabbed my skates, came back down. I don't know, probably spent about five minutes on it just kind of wheeling around and it felt good I mean I wouldn't use my sharp skates on it I feel like it would just catch an edge and fall a lot it was a different synthetic than like white synthetic ice that I've skated on there wasn't a lot of shavings coming up at all it was more like just a laminate that you could just yeah it was weird
0: yeah because that's what my first thought was you know I've skated on the white synthetic ice before and that's like it feels kind of really slow like you said it's got the shavings that come up like it, it definitely takes a little bit of adjustment getting used to that
4: yeah, no, it's definitely different than that, because like there wasn't as much resistance as I White Synthetic, so I don't know what it was, but it was like some local contractor from Fort Saskatchewan or something, I want to say, who did it. Definitely better, because you could glide and kind of move a little bit, but you couldn't really dig in, you know, like if you want to step in and throw a punch, I want to kind of like step my toe into the ice, kind of grip where I'm at, and you got didn't have that advantage. So it was definitely a change for fighting. I don't know, a lot of guys are complaining about it, so... I'm hoping they get some real ice maybe in the future.
0: I mean, just kind of like scrolling through social media. Like, I mean, there was a, A handful of these fights ultimately the clip that goes viral is the one with you in it like what is that like like just checking your phone and you know seeing like chicklets has posted it john boy media is all over it pavel barver posting about it like how cool is that
4: oh holy shit dude i'm absolutely stunned so for the event they started with they had three types of grudge matches they called it and then their main event was an eight-man heavyweight tournament They started with a grudge match with uh, Justice Smoke and Keegan McGraw. I think a couple of guys that played juniors, you know, about 25, 26 years old. You know, just go at it, kind of like slower fight. You know, definitely big shots landed and it was all right. But then the main event was kind of, they did the grudge match and then they did the first round of the main event with the big names, uh, with uh, the champ, Daniel Diamond Hands, Amesbury absolute like guy fought his way from junior b all the way to the coast and then ended up winning this after that yeah they did a brother versus brother the semifinals, and then i fought third so i was uh i was the second last fight of the night uh and the one right before the finals
0: gotcha and then how much experience did the the guy you were fighting have in terms of terms of uh pro hockey
4: uh, I think he just played senior double a men's and he probably has about two fights a year in that. Cause I think their rule was five fights and you're kicked out, but and he played four years of junior or three years of junior, and I think he had 40 or 50 fights and 15 knockouts or something, like guy had more knockouts than I had fights.
0: The other thing we were thinking about too, is like, I mean, I was looking at some of your, some of your fights on, on Instagram too. And like in junior, you're obviously wearing like the visor and I know you rock the, the fishbowl at uj like what was that like you know obviously fighting without any protection on your face
4: i don't know i just didn't think about it at that moment i was just kind of holy shit i'm in a fight what do i do you know (laughs) it was definitely different most of my fights in junior i never really walked away with much on my face you know a lot of guys would punch the side of my helmet i was able to duck it this that or my visor would catch it uh this is like the first time i just just got decked in the face right off the start. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm in this. I'm good. Let's roll. Let's roll. Get up on my feet and just kind of see what he's doing, feed it out. And then the, the, clip, the clip that went viral is on my jab, I think, there. So that's kind of risky and like the type of events because like you definitely want to grab. And I missed my grab and he just spun around. And I had to like kind of grab and start throwing uppercuts until he tackled me. I got to learn, kind of work on that. But, uh, no, his experience came through in the end and he ended spinning me around kind of right after that clip and punched me in the back of the head and I went out for a TKO.
0: I think that uh, the, another interesting side of this, too, is I, th- I think when people say like, oh, like fighting should always have a place in hockey and swings momentum in a game and you know, it usually results for guys sticking up for their teammates. Like what was the mindset like going into that? Like you're, you know, you're going to fight. There's no teammates involved. Nobody else. It's just you in the ring. Like what is that kind of mentality? Like opposed to like when you're getting into scraps and juniors,
4: when you're fighting in junior, you could be in the second, third period. you kind of half your bit, you're half tired. You know, you've already skating so much. You're breathing so much. You get normally caught At the end of a shift, something happens. So it's kind of tough to kind of catch a breath always in those fights. But this is like, this is the main event. All you have to worry about is the fight. A lot of deep breaths, a lot of energy, and just give it all you got. You got a minute to kind of, for the first round. And if you get through it, I don't think I need. One Only one grudge match got through. So a lot of first round drops. I mean, hockey fights, they're quick, they're vicious. It was definitely, I think I enjoyed it because I knew I was going to fight and I felt I'm kind of like in a safer environment. Cause I, I got these big gloves on, there's Vaseline all over my face. Normally it's, this is way better than a bare knuckle. So why not? And I just kind of went for it and just kind of try to get a feel for fighting again, kind of being back in a fight.
0: Yeah. Well, it was definitely fun to watch and uh, we were glad to see you, you're repping the ACHA. And, and uh, like I said, it was pretty cool that the, the clip of you was the one that ended up going viral there. So uh, we'll definitely be on the lookout later on the summer for this, but. I mean, just thinking of it now, like, I mean, I guess last summer you probably stayed in Jamestown because of the border, right? With everything with COVID, was it just easier to stay down there? Like, are you you enjoying being back home this summer? Oh,
4: yeah. 100%. Just home is home. You know, it's just kind of reset life. My girlfriend's back home here. So it's just a lot better to be around family again and just kind of enjoy my time here. Summer will come to a close and I'll be back to reality, back to Jamestown, back to school
0: yeah and and you guys were able to make it to St. Louis the national tournament I mean what was that experience like just getting to go I know the past two years you guys have been able to go but maybe that freshman year was a little bit different because of COVID and the you know all kinds of different teams there some teams have played more games than others but being able to go last year and have like the full-scale tournament what was that
4: experience like it was busy there was a lot of people a lot of teams I think the mental preparation was we got to do everything we can for our sixth years and just our seniors we didn't come through once again like Jamestown curse first game exit every year I think it's just another learning experience we were all excited we all said we were prepared and then when it came push came to shove we couldn't get the job done so now we kind of got something to prove you know every time you come in as a freshman you kind of have one goal and you want to say leave the program better than you found it the bar was set pretty high by Tyson Brower and Jason Richter our kind of main goal is just kind of go deep into the tournament these next couple years while we got 15 16 juniors and seniors to kind of make the most of everything we're gonna have to do
0: well, yeah, and like, like we mentioned, Jamestown is consistently a team in, in the top 15, so we'll be on the lookout for you guys next year. And like you said, you guys have – a little a year older this year so we'll definitely be watching out for you but bo we appreciate you taking the time to meet with us especially Um, after a long and uh, i wish you nothing but the best in this this upcoming year yeah no
4: worries sounds good thank you so much for having me out here i don't even know what to say at this point dude i'm pretty tired (laughs) well you 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 earned some rest here so we'll, we'll let you go all right sounds good have a good one thank you